Should I do it? Let's get it. Rolling, 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 got me stargazing. Yeah, yeah. All right, man, I ain't gonna do too much. What's going on? What's happening, folks? It's your homie, see, yeah, we back live on the Rundown South podcast. Gotta know that. And I do appreciate y'all coming back. Since it has been so long since we did one of these podcast guys. So. I figured I just say I do appreciate the support. Some of you telling me that I really should be doing this. I even appreciate some of the people that don't even care. Because I'm gonna make you care. Not everybody, but enough people. And especially those that I told some things that I was working on and then come back a little bit later. And you're like, oh, I wonder where you got that from. I ain't saying no names. We're just going to do the podcast today. We'll get to everybody later on. All right. So uh, let's jump right into this episode. Me, Keith Nelson Jr. Talking a lot about this guy, Travis Scott, Astro World, all that good stuff. Let's rock. <laughs> None other than Keith Nelson Jr. on the line. What's going on, homie? Yo, Sierra, we back, baby. I know, man. What's going on, bro? It's How you been doing, a man? Long time. Should have left you. A lot of bad <laughs> pot to step to. Shout out, Jada. That was the oh, first one to do that shit. But yeah, man, it's been a long time, man. It's a. Uh, Yo, man. It's, it's, How you living, bro? I'm good. I'm ready. Like I, I'm. I, I'm in the right mind state. Yeah. A lot of a lot some, happening. You know, sometimes you just look up and, you know, Batman has the bat signal. I didn't see a bat signal, but I did see some things in the universe start lining up that said, you need to come back. The people need you. And I was like, all right. I see. I'm, I hear you, universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I had to get back into the podcasting, man. So. Boy. I need you, man. And I'm gonna need you to 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 ride with me on this on this podcast journey. I know you got some things you cooking up too. Um, mm, that couple things. But uh, let's get on with the show. So we're gonna talk about most of what happened during the summer. Not a not a full recap, but just some of our best summer music notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're going to hit this new Travis Scott because the Astro World to me is out of this world. It's a good album, man. You know, it's, it's, I, I go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and say it so people won't just say that I am, but I might be a, a bit of a Travis fan. Like it's it's not quite that level, but I'm here to defend some of that bullshit people be throwing on him. I'm here for it. Like, come on with it. I'm ready. I, don't know I think I think I, I think I think some of it is is just a lot of uh, misplaced anger towards this generation. I think he represents something that people just don't like about the generation, whether it's the auto tune or certain things that they're like, oh, he can't. I don't fuck with him no more because this guy only oh, does this thing this kind of same way, and it, it's lit. I think Travis 
we'll definitely get into this later, but I think Travis represents right. a lot more than just good ad-lib and some auto-tune singing, but and, and, that's just me. And that's what we're going to wrap up with. It's pretty much uh, where we are as far as this era in the rap game and just trying to find some loose definitions and maybe we can just start contextualizing some of the talents that we're given now and maybe we can better appreciate them you know maybe hopefully you mm-hmm. know it's not too much for you to stomach but we're gonna talk some real spit on this hip-hop you did yeah i'm ready bro. so uh let's let's get it cracking now there was a lot of great music some missteps during the summer shout out kanye with some of that bullshit <laughs> um you know, we had Beyonce and Jay Z come out of nowhere. We had Wiz, Woo! we had J Rock. Um, shit, I was bumping the Santa Gold. Um, what else dropped, man? And then, of course, leading up to what just happened, which was the Travis Scott Astro World. So, uh, leaving Travis out of it beforehand, what really stuck out to you this summer from music? To me, uh. In terms of quality, it's just off of just pure quality. My my biggest takeaways was Pusha T's concise, mm. high efficiency from the from the floor. I'm a big supporter of that Pusha T. And how contained how contained it was. It was very contained. Um, and since it's only about the summer, because I because we're not talking about the whole year because Fonte and um, Jericho Jackson, which is Elsa and Crisis, they dropped two albums that are my favorite of the year so far. But in terms of the summer, gotta give it, you know, what stuck out to me a lot in the, on the rap side with Daytona, uh, definitely J-Rock's. J-Rock has some of the most high energy, um, serious, I wanna just, vicarious and, um, gangster tales in like the first six songs. The whole album is great, but like, he really packed that album, like, really, it's, it's secret a, a, a great way. Um, but overall, and this is the same way it's been for a couple of years with me. My favorite albums of the summer have been R and B, like mm. Janelle Monae's um, "Dirty Computer" and okay. uh, Georgia Smith's "Lost and Found." Like, of course, I love. I thought that. I thought that. And this, and this is because I'm one of the people who I have to live with an album before I can just say this is amazing. So while I appreciate Asher World and it's, and it's slowly climbing up the charts, no album that came out this summer made me feel like it was an instant classic, like Georgia Smith, um, Lost and Found. Like the minute I heard that album, it was like, it, it was on it was on repeat for like right. the first month. For the first month, it, it was beautiful. Tomorrow, uh, Teenage Fantasy, like she just has this voice and this arrangement of songs that it feels like, and this is gonna be a wild ass comparison, but it's like Lauren Hill meet A. Marie. Like she got that bounce. Oh, wow, yeah, that, that is a little crazy. Yo, but she got, you know, but she, but she, it's dope. Um, but I, I think, yeah, but there's other, other ways to appreciate albums too. Like, I mean, I also love, like, I thought Drake's album was good for conversation. I thought he gave a lot of good points for conversation. I thought that the, I did, I did, I did oh, and also the Internet album, the Internet Hive Mind album is one of the best albums of the year. Like, as they have always done, like, the Internet has been, my favorite group for the left, for, of this decade. And really? this album did by far, like, I, I, I okay. had like tweets and articles Shout and everything. 
yeah, like that's my favorite group of this decade. And they put out, I think this is their, what is their fourth album? They put out four albums in seven years, or you know, six and a half, seven years. The last two have been like, I thought I thought all four are great, but the last two have been like, we are generally, culturally, and traditionally classic. Like we're not just, oh, you're cool, new age classic. Now we're traditionally making great R and B music and great experimental music. So, like that's my that's my thing. Ways, you know my name, George Smith. The internet. Okay, and see, man, we're. I think we, we have a similar, like, divergence when it comes to like hip hop, and then like what's almost like hip hop adjacent, but it's like, it needs to be a little bit more than, you know, top forty hits radio for for us for it to catch our ear, you know, because that's that's one of the things when I'm I'm listening to um. Uh, Sonic goes. I don't want the gold fire sessions, because uh, she's got a song on there. It's called "Crashing Your Party," and it mm. sounds like, you know, any montage to any soundtrack of, you know, let's get high, right now, like let's go, like did, <clears throat> and this is something that I noticed, just going through a quick title run. And I suggest this for whatever your streaming service is. If you really want to get a taste of what people think about an artist instantly, it's like go through the top 40 songs, like just on mix and see what jumps out. You'll find at Mm -hmm. least three you'll probably never heard because you'll go deeper in the catalog than you have before. And I basically came away with, she can make well let me put let me make that over you could probably make a like 60 minute short film around any sign of go album oh just sonically i gotta get more into i don't know what it's been like i have this weird thing and it's really just because of the over inundation of new of new music is that after a while, I, it just got harder to get into artists that I know I should listen to. But like, I see her name for like the last what ten years. I've been seeing her name, and like, I don't know why I never really dug into her music and stuff. But I think I'm gonna have to. It's, yeah. it's because she's she doesn't make the hit music that she probably could. Because if you mm. ask me, Santa Gold does music that Nicki Minaj wish she could do. Woo! Straight up, I'll put that out there. Like come at me get in my mentions on that uh get in the deal yo you, you better chill out because nicky's people gonna hear this shit and, I, i'm, I'm just fine with it because i promise you if if nicky had a little less pride she'd probably go to sign a goal and be like will you please fuck with me will you please give me some of that magic because mm. the pop stuff that Nikki wants to do and get in those lanes, Sonigo already does it. You know, she the the song that's on 2K from last year, it's a yeah. smash. Like everybody's rocking to that song. Nikki can't really get a song to pop like that. I mean, here's my thing with Nikki. Is, I'm glad you mentioned it. Also had one of those albums in the summer that is good for conversation, great for conversation and because of what, I what say, it means. To have you listened to the new one? Yeah. 
I listen to it. It's a Nicki Minaj album. Like it's, it's disappointing. <laughs> it's only disappointing if you expect certain things. Okay. Like the same way with the Astro World. It's like it's only disappointing if you're expecting like remarkable lyricism or deep concepts or just generally engaging songs. I think that for what she does, this is a a, a, a good Nicki Minaj album. But as an overall album, I mean, she hasn't really made an album to me that I want to listen to top to bottom. Like, it's always, you can almost always see, you go, her albums always sound like um, marketing meetings, where you can literally just hear, <laughs> she's like, okay, we need the hip-hop song. Okay, now we need four songs of Ariana Grande. I got to make sure I sing about love like three times. Got to make sure we have this producer. Oh, yeah, the lyrics can't be too deep. They got to be mailed in. It's like, it's just the most, oh, but now I got to do the hard song. And it's just, right. it just seems too, it never seems like an album. It seems like a chore. It seems like she's just putting together a list of songs. And you can always hear when a rapper is doing that because the album doesn't sound self-contained. It sounds like you could pick songs off of it and be good. Like an album like a Damn or an album like a recent one, like a, like a Daytona, you can't just pick songs off of that. I mean, you no. could for Daytona to a certain extent, but you'd be missing the overall concept of the album, the overall right. feel of the album. And, and, and also, yeah, uh, real quick, and it's like what we talked about before we start recording, which is the song with Six Nine. It's just the song for Instagram. There was no need That's for it. her to make that song at all. There's no uh, real like artistic. Thing that she's accomplishing when she does the song with Six Nine, except it gets her Instagram followers up. Yeah, and and she's it, it's almost transparent how she's not collaborating with other up and coming female rappers. Right, like go through go through her albums. Like, how do you have this many albums? And correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, and I don't know all the track lists. But how do you go eight years in the game? And not one of your albums is with a contemporary. Not one feature. Yeah. See, this is why when people always say, um, and this is real argument. The, like, it's the fifty cent move, which I don't really think works out that well. But it's the fifty cent thing <laughs> where you just don't want to really acknowledge the fact that you really have contemporaries in the first place because you're your own industry. Sure, but then again, fifty still. 50 still like text, like I mean, still um, collaborating with other people. Like 50 wasn't just like I mean, a lot of it was still in house. So he'll do like shit with Snoop. Right. And he also do um, what was that record he did? He um did shit with MLP. He did the Reebok thing with, with well, Jay Z. That's because he ended up signing them to G Unit. Like they was in house. But then, but then he did the um thing. I guess you, I guess you're right. A lot of his a lot of his collaborations were like in house. I mean, he, he did the Mary J Blige joint. He did the Little Kim joint. He did, like, that's early in his career. But that's what I mean, like, not even early in her career. I mean, she did songs on other people's songs, like the thing with her her and um, Trina on Ludacris' song. Or she'll do another. But it's like, how do you go eight years? And that's the thing, and that's the reason why I think people don't see that people aren't comparing her to other female rappers because, oh, she's a female, and that's the only reason you compare to other female rappers. It's because one, we all acknowledge that there is a severe lack of visible female rappers. So by just by virtue of it being something rare in terms of the commercial sense, 
it's going to be something where we're like, okay, so she's here, and now she's also here. Now we have two, and usually we have zero. Like they were, they were, it was like a, like a three-year span when there was no top female rapper. It was just, even if you was somebody out there, like, okay, I guess Trina is the top one, I guess. I don't know. Like Eve, maybe. But, but that was like 05, oh, 06, 07, where it was really nothing going on. Yeah. So but, but, but with that being said, and I, I'll make this quick, when she, when she distanced herself so much from the new school, from the contemporary, like, and, 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 and I mean, in this eight years, within eight years, 50 at least at some point was collaborating with Nas. Was, I mean, well, not Nas, but was collaborating outside of his, uh, of his group. Like, eight years of 50 was 2011. Like, he was still doing things outside of, of, of his own. He was doing things with contemporaries and stuff. A lot of rap, and almost every rapper does that. Like, every rapper, all the male rappers do that. That's the thing, that every male, there's not one male rapper you can tell me or you can show me that says he went eight years in a game and never yeah. collaborated on his album with somebody, uh, another rapper um, who's a contemporary. Now, now, you can say that Nicki did collaborate with other male rappers, and her whole thing has always been, I could fuck with the dude, which I always found was like a very self-defeating kind of mentality for a female rapper to be like, oh, my claim to fame is that I could fuck with the guys because it's so much harder to, to rap with guys. Because women are inherently not as nice or something, like it just, it just didn't make sense to me. Like I think she put too much stock onto that. A lot uh, of people did. I mean, and there's there's like a lot of theories you could probably throw out, you know, because of she wanted the whole market. She wanted the whole market. I guess what it is. She 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 knew that if she was the only visible female rapper, that meant a lot more than her being like all unity and like oh let's bring up all these female rappers. That, it was like. Yeah, I mean there there's something to that. the The other thing I I'm curious is, is her process. It's yeah, her process has always been in question as far as who's writing her bars. Um, is she you know is there more people in the kitchen than we might believe? And I mean it's not the most far fetched thing because there's a bunch of people who sign to Young Money who do not have albums coming out anytime soon so it's like what are they doing and how are they so happy sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's, you, you know there there has to be something else going on and i mean th- and that goes across the board for just everybody who signed to the label you know i mean from little wayne to drake i mean they you you basically have a farm system of people just you know writing hit songs and you know and they probably getting outside gigs too but you know, I'm I'm curious to know like why we don't really have a a a much more in depth feel of what the Nicki Minaj process is, uh, but maybe that's something that we're not supposed to know. So I don't know. We that that's something I definitely want to keep my eye on. Um, Me too. But let's move on. Let's let's get to what everybody's talking about right now. Is it? That's my Travis Scott impression. Uh, that boy Travis Scott dropped his third studio album. Stop trying to be gone. Astro World. That much. Astro World, man. And I'm going to say this real quick before we get into the meat and potatoes of this conversation. I fucking love this record. Like, straight the fuck up. On. 
Not even on no stand shit. I literally can start playing this record and just let this shit ride. And it's mm-hmm. a long 17 songs, but it's almost like 24 songs. And then it's also like an enigma because none of the features are actually listed. So it's like an Easter egg hunt where you have to sit yeah. through the whole album. It's definitely like a Netflix show that the way that is sequenced because you know there are like quote unquote guest spots, but you don't exactly know when and what episode is coming in. Because when Sicko Mode drops and you don't know Drake is on the song, it's like uh, your favorite actor making that guest spot on you know Game of Thrones or whatever mm-hmm. TV show it's like oh shit he's in this scene <laughs> and it was the perfect it, it's the perfect sound for it too it's fucking like organs and like dark and then Drake just comes on sun is, sun is down and he's like what and he's like alright Drizzy okay and I love the fact this is then the fucking what I love drops out, out like and it's uh, a whole different other adventure. Like, it's the, first of all, this is the this album cover. True or false? Does this album cover not perfectly match what this album sounded like? I like, I would agree with that. This album sounded like a fucking theme park, like a music. Park. Yeah, it just it's a, I read the interview, and even before read the interview with Sycamore, the A and R for this, shout out to Sycamore. Um, before I even read that on Rolling Stone, I, I implore everybody if you like the inner workers of how to make an album read that interview uh, okay. before I read it I, I, I felt like it was one of these albums where it was like I'm bringing in all these talents but I'm curating it in a way where I'm getting the best out of them and he literally said that he said that Travis knew what each person's best talents were and you can in a song like Carol a song like Sickle Mode with Drake he knew what, what Drake's best talent was and you can see it, you can hear it in how he arranged the song. Like, like how many people get a Drake feature yes. and have the ball to cut it off after the first four bars and then just go into a whole different song and then bring Drake back? Like, it, it was, it, it literally did feel like he was making his own world. It was like he was making his, he was piecing together his own little way of going about this thing. Stop trying to be God with, with James Lake. Oh my God. Like, that's, that's probably my favorite so far, early favorite from the album. Like and like, like you said, it was one of those albums where like there's no there's no features known. Even if you know the features, um, there's so much music coming out that when you go back onto the streaming services, if you don't see that still, like a month later, I could definitely tell myself that a month later, if I don't if I come back to this album and I don't see featuring this guy or featuring that guy, I'm going to click on the song and be like, oh shit, like a little bit again, yeah. like, oh shit, I, I forgot this guy on this song. Right. Like, and and should, I think forget, that, like, that works towards, yeah. Sway Lee that jumps towards, in there, ever, Frank Ocean and... Uh, oh my gosh. Even, like, come to find out Pharrell's actually on the album. You know, he has two bars on there. Like, get the fuck out. Like, what what's going on? And it's funny that that comes out in an interview uh, Where did you say that interview was again? On the phone. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up because one of the things that I have noticed about Travis Scott 
And it's why I do feel like he is one of the best artists of this era is because he has that Kanye-like quality of stitching together the best things of everyone. And I also feel that that influence from Kanye goes a little bit deeper because when I listen to Rodeo, it feels like 808 and Heartbreaks Part 2 minus the Heartbreaks, you know. It's, so what is it? It's just the 808s. It's, it's like 808s and like broke pills. <laughs> you know, I don't. It's a sunglasses and album. Yeah, you know, but because when I listen to it sonically, there's so much like 808 and Heartbreaks DNA in what Travis Scott is. You know. So what would you say? Is in the DNA for Astro World. If you go, I mean, really, the best—I want to say the best examples of going back to 808 DNA probably would be on Coffee Beans, uh, mm. right at the end. Almost like you know, I didn't look it up, but like Mary Benari type ish, just right there. You know, it it really put me back into that that Kanye feel. Um, that's true and there's one other one I can't think of it right now but it's, there's usually like two or three songs on every Travis Scott I'm like man that really feels like some old Kanye shit yeah I think a lot of it to some extent especially a song like just experimentation wise and some of the sounds he used like a song like Sycamore just sounds like a trap version of um um of, of my beautiful doctors of fantasy it just sounds like, and I'm not trying to say it, it's in that same league. I think I've seen that comparison going around, and I think it's very off base. I don't think Travis Scott makes nearly as much of a cultural or creative, cohesive idea and, and, and statement as Kanye did with that album. Like Kanye um, was some of his best rapping, producing of this decade. Like it, it's a masterpiece of an album. I think this is a, I think this is um. Uh, uh, this generation's version of that. It's sort of like how certain there's, 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 there's the Godfather and then there's Goodfellas. And by no means okay. am I saying that Goodfellas is a bad movie. Goodfellas is a classic. Goodfellas is a masterpiece of a movie. Goodfellas is really good. I think, but Goodfellas is the, definitely the descendant. It is not the Godfather. It's not the Godfather. It's a descendant of it, and you can see remnants of what of what it took from it and made it its own. But it is definitely not as good as the Godfather. Yes. The same way with my belief with us the fancy. I feel like, and that's a testament to how to something that I think you can speak to is to what Travis Scott's place is in this era of music right now. And I think the the thing about this album is, for me personally it does solidify that Travis has his own lane and he's the fucking best at that lane. And the reason I, I can go so hard to say that is because Travis decided that I'm going to be the vibe master. This is my job. I come to the party because I am the party wherever I am. 
is lit. There's there's a reason why that that is gotta be the ad lib. Because he's the yeah. vibe master. If he doesn't say it's lit, then it's not lit. Like point blank. Point blank. If it's not if you don't say it's lit, that litness is is, is not passing. No, the song is not think, lit. The party's not lit. And I think that is a good way I think you're right about it being the testament. Not only just because of him being the person who can tell you what the best vibe is, he can tell you about the vibe master in terms of where the quality of the music is. I, I think it speaks to the fact that um, this album is the highest selling album so far from a rapper of that genre, of that ilk, of the Migos, of the school of the Trippy Rez, the what, Nine. And that's what I, I call the post-auto-tune rap. I, yes. You know, all these post-auto-tune raps, rappers, I should say, they're... They are a, a certain subgenre, you know, trap. Trap is different from this. I call it like 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 Zannies and R and B. Like Zannies and B. <laughs> Zans and B. Zans and B. Like it's like none of these guys, none of these new school rappers, there's not a single and this is something that I just realized as I said that. None of these new school rappers fully rap for an entire album anymore. Nobody fully raps anymore no. for an entire it's, album. Not at all. Now, it's going to be at least two or three songs where they're doing what a lot of people want to say is a new way of rapping, which I'm saying, eh, it's still singing. It's still harmonizing. It's not, it's just, it's just I guess it is a new way of rapping in a certain sense, but it's definitely not pure rap. Because even back then when dudes were doing these experimental things, because this is not new. Like the things that these guys are doing right now is not really, it's not necessarily new. We had Jim Class Hero. We had Kanye doing his thing of experimenting right. and stuff. Different genres, like I mean, the last decade. So hold like, hold that thought. Really I, 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 hmm? I want you to I want you to remember where you're going with this, because we yeah. gonna, we're gonna we're gonna circle back. Because I I want to f- focus on the on the Travis aspect is yeah. in relation to the other rappers right now, and so, so yeah, with the, <clears throat> and one of the yeah. things is just like where he he fits in as far as the whole era, and I feel like mm. he's. He was probably to me the best. He has by far master auto tune on another level. And I don't know uh-huh. if it's because he has done so much collaboration. And if you look at the rollout, you know, from Butterfly Effect to Huncho Jack, I did see some uh what I say some adjustments of things to like where he could like he was able to um I guess use his strengths almost you know like olympic style when he went in with quavo and huncho jack you know he was able to like okay i'm really a best player on the team but i can kind of play to the side and let quavo and everybody else kind of do their thing and i think it forced him to be more precise with some of his energy and i see some of that manifesting right now and by far now i've heard well, not heard, but I saw the tweet that uh, T Pain put when he said Travis Scott was the best at auto tune. Now I don't know if he really mm. meant that or if he was just saying that to just get people off his nuts about it. But I wholeheartedly I w- believe that. I want to give it to Travis that the dude just did 
537,000 copies the first week. That's Drake numbers. I didn't think anybody but Drake was going to, Drake or Kendrick was going to ever touch that. And like J. Cole, he did 270,000 pure. That means digital, down, digital downloads and people going to the store and getting the CD, 270,000. Like, that's unheard of to these new school dudes. To the point where, like, his last album did, uh, his last album did, like, I think 50, yeah, 53,000 pure sales. The dude did, and that's two years ago. So he, he, he quintupled how much fans go out to get the physical product. And he also just completely, like, tripled his, his um, streaming numbers, too. It's like, this guy, which could be accurate to, like, more subscribers and different metrics, whatever, but still, it's a feat that it kind of solidified. I think he is number one just because that the race is so close and he solidified this era. He kind of solidified this genre um, of music as being not just a fad, not just being like, oh, you're just doing this for quick singles. I think when you, when you can get an album to be sold and you can tour the world, that's when you start seeing that it's more of a sustainable movement. It's more of a people are going to yes. come back and back to it. Because people don't got to go to the album. Like, nobody has to buy an album anymore. When they do, it means more than when they did. I think it means more now than when it did back then. Because you don't have to buy it at all. Like, this is not necessary. Back then, it was like, if you didn't buy the album, you didn't the CD, hear it. You wasn't going to hear it. Now, it was more so like, I want to you. This, this means something to me. And I want to connect to it in that way. But I will say, it's hard to go against Quavo. Like, it's, it, it almost feels disrespectful to not call him the number one guy because, and I, I haven't done the research 100% of this, I think All right. him and Migos have done better, you know, in terms of the charts and the fan bases. Than Travis. It's, it's actually a, so close of a race, it, it makes this error. It, it kind of bolsters this error because it's not just, it's not some kind of monolithic ever where there's one guy controlling everything. Sort of like it was when Drake was dominated for, for a while until Kendrick came along and like offset some of that, that dominance. It was like, okay, now I'm also the number one dude. Because for like a good two or three years then, it was like right. before, J, before J. Cole had four still drives and he was getting like number one albums and number one this. And before like Kendrick was like dropped to the, to, uh, to the butterfly, there was a good three to four year run where it was like, yeah, it's just Drake. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, this guy's there and it has good singles here and there, but when it comes to the whole year, people talking about you, it was always just Drake for like four or five years, I would say. Then Kendrick came along and did that. I think this is, this is good for this era because you have Quavo, who was indisputably one of the, if not the number one hook master. He, he's up there. Right now. He's up he's there. He's got to be top three. He's, he's nothing. He's no lower than three. I, and I, I think even. Yeah, I'm about to say, man. Is, in, in my book, he. All right, it, and that's that's a that's another level. Now, if we're gonna put all the auto tune rappers, you know, as far as this genre goes, I would go Travis Future then Quavo. Only because of the amount of attention and the orbit around future that is just i guess like a little bit more like bumped up by the blogs as well because of yeah. you know having the famous baby mama and all this other extra stuff uh but there's you know there's just a a little bit of more mystique around future uh than 
most celebrities in general. Um, and I think that does help keep him afloat. But if you're, I mean, it's hard, man, with ability and like some of the stuff that that Quavo does, I could, I could see him going back and forth. But the thing that I'm gonna say about Travis is, he is more willing to do things in a much more artistic way when it comes to, like I said, setting the vibe. Because Quavo does the same thing, it's easy to put them right next to each other. But I think his creativity of doing the same type of music is much more developed. Uh, and I'm trying to think. And, all right. Great example. On the song with Quavo, the who, what, where, uh, who, what, why uh, joint. Travis has a line on there and he said I smacked that ass she threw it back in self defense <laughs> I was like oh I was like what a way to say you having fun at the strip club but I'm like that's, that's on another good, yeah. level like I gotta give it to the dude like he really knows how to command that shit and I don't think there's anybody that's touching him on that but here's my here's my kind argument to that. I want I love I think Travis has really grown into himself. I think why I would give it to Quavo is because of Quavo has solidified himself as a machine. I'm more so I mean, yeah, than I mean the future. ape shit the ape shit did put him on another oh, level. Oh. We, I will Beyonce, give him that. He gave Beyonce all the fucking swag, bro. All the drip. He gave her the drip. He gave Cardi B the drip. He gave um, Mariah Carey some drip. I think one one of those songs. He gave he gave DJ Khaled two two songs that are going to be top five. He didn't have those songs before. He had maybe a couple okay. songs, but then Fable came you, around. I think the charts might have your back. I think I think the critics might have my back in the end, but the charts definitely have your back in this conversation. Yo, I I and not only just the charts, though. I think it's more so just. Quavo seems to command a lot more. I don't say a lot more, and that's why it's so close, and I love it so much. Is because they they literally are so close into what they command. Because Travis Scott is also somebody that when he comes out, he commands cultural attention. It's not just all oh, the rap blogs fuck with him. It's like GQ's fuck with him. It's like all oh, the world looking at him, and that, and that has a lot to do also with who he's dating. True, but but then but then Quavo, I just feel like. They've had enough sustainable hits in the hits. I, I, I don't want to just say that the Billboard makes everything, but you. But look at these rappers. What's the first thing they do when they get when they go gold? They go on fucking Instagram and tell everybody. Like right. these rappers aim for that. This is not like they aim. Like they they measure themselves By off of how much money they make. Hey, I stream gold. No, they 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 are looking like, for that. They're trading for or that. You sell a bunch of albums. You stream gold. What you mean you stream gold? Never mind, I'm just trying yeah. to be funny. Bro, and, and I think that's the thing about it. I think the only against Quavo is that he hasn't been doing it by himself. You know, right. he still, he still, cause like, and, and there's no way you can ever devalue what um, Offset and Takeoff do for Flamigos. Like, it's not, like, it, it'd be, it'd be very, this is, this is not Destiny Child. If he's not, if he's not Destiny Child, it'd be very disingenuous to say that, oh, well, without, I mean, Quavo's the main reason, like, the only reason they have these number one records. It's like, nah. There's a couple, there's a bunch of songs where Takeoff 
murked oh, all yeah. of them on and shit. They're going in. But I, I will I will give it to I will give it to Travis right now. But right now, because of the because of this one album and how big it was, and how close it already is, like this album is gonna be uh, is gonna solidify a lot. He's gonna have his own Astro World festival. So now this album is gonna oh, be wait. something that Hmm? I said, oh yeah, I like that. I just saw him yeah, do a Astro show World. and that shit was lit. Houston, Texas, November 1st, Astro World Festival. Like, he's going to make this a yearly thing. I can see that happening, which makes this album going to mean, it's going to mean more than just, oh, a moment in time. He's going to make, this is going to be a brand. This is going to be something that he identified with. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does an Astro World too in a few years. I would not be surprised. I think this is going to be his landmark album where it's like, this is the album that maybe not won over all your critics. But they made them respect you at least on the very least as a superstar in terms of like you moving the culture. And I, I'm glad you said that because this would be a good jumping point into the next conversation, which is being able to uh, truly appreciate this, you know, post auto tune rap music uh, because Travis <clears throat> isn't your traditional. Uh, bar expert or I don't know what you want to call Cassidy you know but he's not one of those guys he is somebody who's coming in here he's he's more of a songwriter more than anything else who happens to be very good at rapping and in this era it is just a natural evolution that we would get more into what sounds like you know singing and you know, trying to expand what was possible to do. So, and I hate getting into like some of the generational divides with some of this shit, but I think if you really have the right mindset when you listening to a Travis Scott or a Future and you figure out what this is and why is it like this, then you will go ahead, you will let some of the stereotypes down. You know, I understand if you're like 45 and you know, you miss Curtis mm -hmm. Blow. You know, saying you, you miss Biggie. I I understand. I'm like, but that time is so so over with. Like I, it's hard for me to go back. You know, for a lot of stuff, even stuff that I used to really enjoy, back in the yeah. day, like some old Dipset. It has not aged well. You know, some mm -hmm. of those J.R. Ryder mixtapes. You know, they they are a tough <laughs> listen. The main thing, and I don't want to go, go too hard on it, because I was just listening to uh, this Nicki Minaj stuff. Uh, Nicki Minaj, she did a um, Bobby Dream, which is basically like a flip of Biggie's Dreams of fucking R&B bitch, and she does it really well. Like it's a really, it's the best song on album. It's probably the best song she's done to me in a few years. Um, it's a really good song, but she already did that in '07 or '08. She flipped it, but it sounded like she recorded it on like. A, 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 a laptop microphone in somebody's basement and the, the audio is all off. She's rapping about J.R. Ryder and dudes like that so it's not really like, it just sounds very amateur. I think that's what has hmm. made us feel that way because now even the most average person has high, has, has comparably high quality recording. Correct. So like, even, like all the SoundCloud rappers, all the SoundCloud rappers, they because like, it's, it's inexpensive. Like ten years ago, I mean, ten years ago it was inexpensive too. But even now, you can get supreme high quality home recording for like 
that's that's nothing to some of these rappers. Some of these rappers drop that on fucking re-up money like every fucking month. Like that's nothing. Like you drop eight hundred, you go eight hundred dollars, get yourself like a nice little studio apartment, boom, you can bang out a song a day, twenty songs a week, something like that. And that, and I think that is what the difference is now is that these rappers back then, unless you have the main studios, a lot of these mixtape stuff don't. Like I loved, I love um the locks, I love that Beanie Siegel and and uh, say property and D Block beef, but some of those songs just sounded like. One line—it just sounded real jumbled, it sounded real unmixed, uh, unmastered. Excuse me. Of course, some people say that's dirty and that's how it's supposed to be, but to me, it's like I prefer this quality now. I prefer getting mixtapes that drop and they sound like crisp quality mixtape. Like I like to hear that mixes again, mixes and masters. So, yeah, I think you know, I I I gotta tell you on that. Yeah, and you know. <clears throat> And when we look back, there's going to be a lot of this stuff, uh, whether, you know, stuff that I personally don't fool with, like the, you know, the guy, the, what I say, the kids looking to kids. So, like, you know, I have this thing where there's not enough 30-year-old rappers, basically, you know, 26-ish rappers um, making their third album, kind of where Travis Scott is. Travis Scott is one of my picks to go on to the next step. Um mm. Because he's right at that that age range, I just I hope that um like critically people can just kind of get out of their feelings on about like you know him having a lack of depth and some of this other stuff that it will go ahead and let him slide to the next level. But with that lack of depth at that twenty six twenty seven year old age, um the younger rappers the 18 19 year old rappers are looking at rappers who are like 22 and 23 who are still immature and still rapping about immature shit and basically saying it's cool to talk about this to the ones that are right behind it and they're they're like almost like eating their own tail and Mm. so while we have that going on they're making a lot of what i would call forgettable music in my taste you know because i'm not of that age but I think a lot of it will get left behind. But you'll have things like uh, Travis Scott's Astro World. To me, the whole collection so far is going to be something that will not sound dated, even within you know ten years. I think so. I don't think none of that shit would go rotten. But I think a lot of this, uh, you know, Gucci Gang shit, is gonna be like. You know that stupid ass song? You know, with the Nick motherfucker oh purple God. hair like this? Like, that's how you gonna look at it. You be like, that was some funny shit back in the day. I can't believe people used to like this shit. You know? It's gonna be embarrassing. It's gonna be embarrassing, man. Just like what J. Cole said. Like, some of y'all gonna be, you know, loving hip-hop all-stars. That's all that. <laughs> We're looking at a lot of those. We're looking at a lot of future reality TV stars in the game right now because that's where their next checks are gonna be. So that's why I'm like, I I'm, I need more. Damn, been fighting this damn net since I started this podcast, and I'm really ready to just find something to just end it right now. But I can't. I'm trying to be a professional. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but the point I'm trying to get to is 
when we have a few more, I guess, like what I would call upper echelons, some of y'all might call hit artists or some people might be called like hit makers, whatever you, whatever the, the term you want to call it. We need some more people to separate themselves. And I, there's another thing that I think is why we not getting some of those to, to flow to the top. And I'm gonna let you take it from here, but I don't think there's enough failure. What do you mean? Think about how many times we hear the story of Dr. Dre and the world-class wrecking crew. Mm. You run your shit, it don't go nowhere. And then you gotta find a new role. Then you know how to put the shit together. You got some experience and you pass it on to this next artist. Mm -hmm. And then you make a hit artist and then you have a hit factory. All these motherfuckers don't, they shit don't die. They just Mm. keep running. They haven't got- I think think quality control is the latest one of the the hit factories. I think that's definitely of the ilk of- Can I say something? I think even Quavo even said in the song that Quality control is to do cash money. Okay, I think that's that. Very ironic name, by the way. They don't do a very good, <laughs> not a very good job of quality control. But continue. They, yeah, I mean, I, I think they have. Uh, they definitely have Migos that's popping up. Now they got the City Girls, who are going to start being like, who going to start blowing up. I can definitely see that. Oh. Little Yachty, no matter what. I mean, depending on how you feel about him, he has some commercial appeal. I feel. Uh. And then they got the new guys, the little babies, and, and uh, a couple other new artists is coming out. So I feel like, and, and they always, and they get, and I think this is them, and this other ones too. Like they got um, LVRN with um, Drum and and Black. Like they, there's a couple, there's a couple of collectives that are definitely pumping out. But I do agree that it, that there is, and of course TDE, but TDE is like. That's a, that's a machine right there for five, and that's really just five years ago. I think they are leading it. Like you can't, I, I wouldn't just um, push them away and be like, oh, they're from five years ago. But um, I think that they definitely are leading the pack as far as, far as, as, far as like a hit factory. Mm-hmm. They've really matured into it right now, but I don't see any new ones. I mean, you can kind of, yeah. yeah. I think I, 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 the problem is that everybody can do it by themselves now. I think right. that was was missing from back in the day, uh, even even as far even as early as like just ten years ago. Like rappers weren't going out on their own; they weren't really doing their own thing. I, and that and that points to one of the things that um, I remember when um, what was his name, Rick Ross in 2011, started up uh, made that music, and he went on to MTV Raps, and I remember he told on air he said he said, "Wiz, come sign with me. Let's make this happen." Right. Right. And Wiz said, I'm not going to do it. Sorry, I got to do my own thing. Wiz also turned down being an opening act for Drake's tour because he felt like he can do his own tour at some point. And so I feel like Wiz and certain other rappers, 2011, 2012, was the first time when it was like, yo, this, the idea of I need to be a part of a big collective to to bolster myself by the, some of the parts is unnecessary now because you can now – you know the age old tale. You can now make your own fan bases. You connect to them directly. You can make your own distribution online. You can maintain your own image with Instagram. Like 
all of the, the pieces you needed to build a superstar, you know, I guess the new way DIY act was starting to mature. So okay. I, I think that's why we, we're not going to see that many, that, 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 that many other artists. Because, like, think about it. What's the artist going to say? Like, well, how, how do you get an artist to be on your collective? Right. Yo, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm get you big, but you got to wait two years. Because the thing about a collective and why it, it's so, um, the antithesis of what's going on right now is that every collective, no matter what, you have to go through growing pains. Meaning that there's going to be two years where, at least two years where you're not the popping dude. Migos went through it. Like, they weren't popping straight out of the gate with their first um, YRM mixtape. Little Yachty went through it. Like, so many mm. artists went through it um, with their collective. Like, okay. SZA went through it. SZA went through it hard. Like, her first album was done years before it came out. So it was like, but that's the best part of the collective is you got to make sure that there's going to be somebody at the top. So you got to work. You got to play your role. All right. You're like playing their role right now. Okay. I, I feel you on what you're saying as far as the need of or the lack of need of having a hit house that to belong to. That's true. But the thing I really look at is the development process of, of what what is the product that we get. And it's weird that you're saying that <clears throat> they basically had to take a couple years to take some lumps before they really hit their stride. And if you think about the old model, uh, you know, Migos would have been the takeoff group. You know, they're the thing that gets the label started and really gets it in the process of, okay, we're here to stay, we're a brand name. And then they go get the little Yachty. But you might hear some early stuff, but you wouldn't have really heard about Lil Yachty for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then he would have like did like 40 songs and you wouldn't even have heard, you know, any major collaboration with him. He would have just been recording songs nonstop, you know, five, six, seven days a week. And by the time you heard him, he would have been a much more well-rounded product and been more ready to take some shit over. Because I do see some potential in him, but I just think he's the, I think he's too immature and the music needs some more well-rounding. I just think he's a half. I think um, what also comes with it is the same thing comes with, with, with almost anything. When you get money, this, this much, because I was thinking about it recently, um, the same way with basketball and the same way with sports, the, the, the average rapper right now probably makes more money than the biggest rapper 25 years ago. Like, I would, I would wager a bet that um, Quavo is making more money right now touring, just tra- just recording and just you how much like, you get almost like on an annual income basis. Yeah, I think like rappers the, are making more money now than they ever have been. Okay, so basically what you're saying is the medium income of an average hit rapper is going up since is higher than it has ever been in you know previous eras. I think that's definitely true. I okay. think I think that you and I think it's because also you can get it easier now. Like this rapper, you, you cannot you you can have not ever heard of a rapper, 
and then they they're on Billboard. You know how hard it was to get on Billboard. Well, like I like Tech Nine. Without, yeah, oh come on, bro! Like without without a major label push, you wasn't getting on, on top top two hundred. Hip hop wasn't dominating like that. I mean, unless you had a real hit, now you just gotta have a a, a campaign. So rappers like this, this and of course, I'm not judging it off of Instagram because a lot of these dudes are faking the funk and don't really have that money. But then when you start seeing like the tours, it's like, bro, somebody's getting paid for those shows. Right. <laughs> like, so you can't fake yeah. a show. Like when I'm when I'm over here seeing like Trippy Red and these new dudes or XXX, rest, uh, rest in peace, doing these sold out old Russ, doing these sold out shows, like. Either they getting their money taken by a big company and they're not making any money, or these dudes are balling right now off of songs that honestly they wouldn't be popping without if, if it was like 15, 20 years ago without a label. Right. Like, this is just you pushing it. This is just him pushing it. And they probably have label help. Like, I mean, all these artists have label help. Like, I mean, even the Macklemore's and the, and the Chance of Rappers at some point had some sort of major label help pushing them towards something, but it's still a lot more. In, uh, independent and i feel like that's a big thing i feel like that's a huge thing okay and all right and, 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 and i say that because then what it does is it makes rappers be like i don't have to it, it's like it's like our argument or thing we said earlier was that it's so easy or it's so hard to make a hit even though it's easy to do now it's still so ostensibly hard to replicate it over and over again that when somebody does do it um I feel like it's similar to the NFL where they'll just copy whoever's doing it. They'll copy that trend. They'll copy that style. Because it's like, okay, that works. We know that works. So let's just keep doing that. And I think that's the thing that rappers do. I think a lot of rappers, I think a rapper like Little Yachty, like, there's no reason for me to push myself. Okay. If I already know this formula works and I can get this much money for these shows doing this same song, like, listen to Culture 1 and Culture 2. There ain't no difference. And like, culture one, culture two, the quality control album, like Huncho Jack. Like, right. There's really not like, oh whoa. There's not these any guys are really changing what they're talking about or groundbreaking dude, it's just, shit. It's, that's just Migos music. Exactly. That's Migos music. It's just it's they just have a brand now. They know that you have established a brand, so we keep pumping out these songs and we give them these twenty five song albums. We're going to be doing. We give them a twenty-five song album in a, in a streaming ever with our star quality. We're right. going to be guaranteed a billion streams. Like, it's it's it's, it's that's the mentality right now. It's not about like let's give these people. Like, and, and you can tell that's the mentality because a lot of these people make their albums. And I hate when rappers do this. They go here. I, we just recorded two hundred songs and then picked the best twenty. And like, you didn't make the album then. You made a playlist. That's what yeah, that is. Exactly. It's a playlist, and and it's really just a lot of songs just to keep the Migos party going. You know, that's all that's we're it. here for is just can you make enough hit songs with enough whoever the producer is to keep the momentum going so you can just do more shows, and that really almost perfectly encapsulates what the business is of music, and that's because when you look at just going back to Little Yachty, because he's almost a perfect example of of a talent that was cultivated off of what he had organically, but then instead of having it develop and then amplify because of 
the industry is built on 360 deals and doing touring and merchandising okay. and getting in Sprite commercials as fast as possible, we don't need to develop because the product is proven enough and we can push it right now. It doesn't matter how good it is. Like, let's just get him out there, get him doing shows and get this money coming in because we eat off everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's <clears throat> it's a little sad that, you know, that's all it is. But that's what the music industry is nowadays. And I just I, I wish there was more room for development of of talent. And instead of just, you know, us having to deal with these, you know, frankly immature and oh, man i cannot i want to say i got it from bomani but it might have been somewhere else but basically the theory is you are stuck at the maturity level that you are when you get famous so if you hmm. get famous when you're 16 you're kind of stuck in that that mode for a long time and that's why they have to keep making the same type of music is because they get famous at a very young age and they get stuck in that maturity. So I'm I'm really curious to see what any of this sounds like in about five years. I do so. Cause I, I, I think that a lot of it is going to sound I think I think it's gonna be it's hard because I think a lot of it is going to phase out. I think even some of the best songs are going to phase out. Like I think, I think the biggest song that I, I don't think anybody's going to really care about uh, five years from now is is going to be um, little little Yachty's, uh broccoli. I don't think I don't think I think that was a moment. I think that was a sound for the time, and people are going to look back at it and be like, "I'm never singing that song again." <laughs> like not like that's not a like it's not a song that I want to go back to because I've seen it perform live and I've seen people just wait for that one chorus part like that's how you know when a song isn't going to last it's like when people wait when the chorus is the only thing people are waiting for then you know your song is gonna your song is gonna do good it's gonna do great but it's not eh. right you, it's, you it's, need it's people singing it word for word with all their might you know it's it's uh man i'm trying to think i know it's at least like a few performances where i just heard like you know they just take the mic and they just put up to the crowd and everybody is rapping everything word for word no beat and you just feel the energy and then like the beat drop and then they go right into the verse and then it's like yo that there's a a hit song that created some energy right here in this moment and that's a superpower you know, mm-hmm. everybody oh, doesn't definitely. have that ability. But so, all right, you got some things you want to wrap up with because we we running short on time. Um, honestly, I think that if I wanted to wrap up with anything right now, that I think that people should I want to impart on people is please, please hold your favorite rappers accountable. You live in an era now where, but do it in a respectful way. I feel like there needs to be this. There's this, and, I, and I'll try to make this quick. There's this. Um, now that we have such a quick way to communicate with our favorite artists, I feel like artists now are reinforcing the old ethos of I'm the artist, you're the consumer. I make the music, you consume it, and it's like 
when you have that mentality, then you have that, that that restaurant mentality of I make the food, you either eat it or you don't eat it. You get that relationship. Is that, that you get that very transactional relationship? But there's no emotion behind it. Like I'm not emotionally invested in the McDonald's. Like I mean, if I see one and I'm hungry, I'm probably not going to eat it. Or if I'm starving, and then I'm like, all right, all right, cool. I want this for sustenance. I want I want this to feed me. And then I'm going. I'm not, I'm never going to think about it again for like months. That's not the kind of relationship artists want for the, with their fans, but they always um, push for it because of how easy it is for fans to, to, to contact them. Imagine if every cashier or every manager at fucking McDonald's could be contacted like directly. Like, oh, is my order's fucked up? I, I do. They would be either <laughs> a whole different company so they would know that they, that they have to be accountable a lot more, in a lot more real time. Or... They just be like, fuck, they fuck you, you just go somewhere else. Right. And rappers who do that also want fans to be loyal. Hmm. It's like you want them to be loyal to what? To you, you just literally said that all you do is make the music and they and they consume it. They have no say. When you don't give somebody power, you, you don't empower people to be like, all right, I'll listen to y'all, I know what y'all want, I'm going to make sure that I can, I can balance it with what I want what I want to give. When you make it solely about you, who? Yo, some of the best artists did that. Some of the best artists like, I don't give a fuck about what, what fans care about. I'm going to make my art. Cool. That's, but then that puts a higher level on you having to be next level great. If you're just average and you sound like every other rapper, like, and, and then fans are like, and fans move on to the next rapper, you can't be mad at the fans. You haven't elevated yourself. You haven't changed your style. You haven't made it to where you're a singular artist. You are somebody that they need to go to, you know. So if you're not a Mount Davis, you better listen to your fucking fans. If you're not, if you're not a Kanye West, pre-Trump and pre-all this bullshit, <laughs> you've got to listen to your fucking fans. Listen to your fans and take what they say into it. And fans hold your fan rappers accountable even more so now because they understand that one viral hit could change their fucking lives. They know that now. They know, like, rappers and labels are, like, even more so than ever, we need to get these fans to do all this shit for us. You guys can do all the heavy lifting for their marketing, for everything, if you just put, hold them accountable and be like, yo, this album ain't hot. Don't just stand for every Nicki Minaj and Drake album because they came out and people, be, be honest right. with them. They're like, yo, right. that like, song is, I don't, I don't fuck with that. Yo, what's going on like, with that? You know, let, like, let's be honest about that Drake album. There's like three songs on the whole shit on that Scorpion that I really fuck with. And you can bro, keep the rest like of them five, shits. Maybe five for me, five or six. The whole B-side to me is, is I don't know right. what people will hear. Right. Yeah. I've heard people say the B-side is so classic. The B-side is fuck one song. The B-side is one long song. It's one long sad song. That's what it That's is. That's it. You know, it to me it almost sounds like Drake was done with the album, and then the Pusha T beef happened, and he had mm-hmm. to go back in and make like a whole nother album dedicated to addressing the situation around him having a baby that he was hiding, but not really. Yeah, like it's it's really weird, and I I I'm really in agreement with you. It with that, it's like you know, just like let's be honest about what we got here, and not just you know hold them up just in the sake of 
you know, this person is a great. Like, let's be honest. That shit ain't that good. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I I think people just like we're we're in a a particular age where we're gonna actually have to wait it out to see stuff like regress to to the way it was because they say you know shit repeats itself. So you know at some point we're gonna have to. There's gonna be a some type of journalistic revolution somebody's going to figure this shit out and then once that gets figured out then we'll probably have some of the other things where like selection is a little bit i guess like more intuitive and that's the the the, the toothpaste that's hard to get back in it's like everything is so fractured and and there's so many different lanes in the culture you can find yourself in it's and i think that's that's one of the reasons why we don't we're not elevating a lot more rappers is because there's so much and people yeah. have a lot so many different agendas uh whether it's you know what we're talking about today with Travis Scott if Travis Scott would have did something like Astro World with less rappers drop dropping albums within a month you know he would have had the stage to himself for like the next you know 6 weeks you know, he would have been something that everybody would have been crowded around and watching him, you know, elevate in status. But instead, it's like, man, we just came off a of Drake, a Jay-Z, Beyonce, a Nas, a Kanye, uh, and whoever else I might be forgetting right now. Like, that all just happened. You know, we're, we barely exhaled those albums out and then Astro World drops. Mm. You know, and it... And I heard Chris Ryan on, um, on I think on the Watch talking about how much he loved J Rock's album, and he was like, "Man, I wish it didn't drop in the shadow of Drake because he probably yeah. would have had a nice moment in the summer, but because of so much around it, he was not able to shine as much. So I I think there's there's a little bit of that is not allowing us to elevate the the best of what's out there." But I I don't know, man. It's 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 gonna be an interesting role going forward. That's all I, I can see. I'm down, I mean, I I I I, I swear I don't want to go too deep in that, but you just speak some gospel right there, bro. You just spoke some truth about what's going on in this game right now, and I hope people like you know stay up on it. Yeah, man. I and we're gonna have to continue this this conversation because it's there's so many levels and a lot of hot takes and things that I might say oh that might God. get people riled up, you know. So I'm ready for it. But for right now, we you know, we about an hour and some change in. So we're gonna shut this one down, man. Tell the people where they can find you and get up with you and uh digest your content. Huh? Oh, oh yeah, uh you can you can find me, J-U-S-A-I-R-E, you know, Twitter. I'm doing a lot more. I just did the feature cover story for Flaunt Magazine. Show notes. Uh, on, on Laura Herrera, or Herrera. She's the lead actress on Black Black Klansman, man. It's Spike Lee's best film in over 10 years. So I got a couple of things coming in the pipeline. Got some things working up with Nike. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. That's some good shit right there, man. You know, so be you know be on the lookout for my boy Keith and all his great works out here navigating 
you know this this freelance and and dancing writer world out here man y'all just you know give it a retweet tweet a click just to show a little support and y'all always you know come to the rundown south i'm gonna I'm try to make sure that we can get all the supporters and like like his own little feed to make sure y'all can see what we doing but um y'all just be on the lookout for some things i'm cooking up i'm I might be doing some music. I'm gonna just put that out there. Uh-oh. You know, I might I might have some music recorded with the Pro Tools that I just got. Now, that's all I'm gonna say. But y'all just be on the lookout for that, man. I appreciate y'all listening. Uh, we out here. Peace. Peace. Okay.